0: Warning, the following program has been rated M for Mature due to language, vulgarity, and sexual innuendo. However, my voice is rated EM because it's easy to masturbate to, unlike the losers you're about to hear. Enjoy the show.
1: Everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. As if you needed further proof that our civilization is bloated and our economic policies only serve the most fortunate of us, along comes the surround sound coffin. That's right! For a mere $3,700, you could be listening with ear fibers that have atrophied and a brain that is dead, but you could listen to playlists created and uploaded by living loved ones. So sweet.
2: Oh my! That's uh, a. what's that movie where the wrestler takes over as president of the United States? Idiocracy. Idiocracy. idiocracy? <laughs> I
1: love that movie. I
2: think that that is uh, the beginning of idi- idiocracy right there. I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's developed by Dude, a that Swedish man. Like,
1: fucking
3: forever ago. <laughs>
2: Well, I know. That's just more proof. I mean, it seems like every week there's something, but holy shit, dude. I I do want that, though. I want the surround sound coffin. That's kick ass. It's
1: ridiculous. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. And it only shows that we live in a very stratified uh, society where we're completely unequal. And the guy that designed it is from Sweden, which is a very equal country, which I find kind of weird. But even he kind of... Tips a nod to the uh, whole equality aspect of it, and he says, "In Sweden, perhaps we don't believe in it, but in many parts of the world, p- people believe in a different way." Yeah. In other s- words, he's saying that in other parts of the world, people don't give a shit about wasting endless amounts of money on just mundane, stupid shit that you do not need.
2: I don't think just that, but I know the Scandinavian countries most are more, and more atheistic anyway. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's. That's kind of funny. It's sad and funny. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Pretty ridiculous. But to introduce us here is
2: Ah, uh, uh, uh,
1: Guitar Man. Guitar Man. Boggs.
3: <laughs> we got the ginger bear. Mm-hmm. And the pedo he is. Somehow around a seven-year-old. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> a nine.
2: My son's nine. Ooh.
3: <laughs> Struck a nerve. And then we got our goddess, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck cares? Not the good time, man. You know why? Cause he's gay. (laughs) Cause he's the fucking pivot man. You wish you could be the fucking pivot man, you goddamn child
1: molester. I do, because there's... It is there's better than the pedo. <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> I'm a step above in this world.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, goddamn people love bogs, dude. There's no doubt about it. I think everybody can relate to him. That's why. You know? He's got his feminine and his masculine side.
3: fuck you asshole
2: <laughs> and now
3: I'm gonna give you that blooms fucker mm.
2: well I guess I, before I forget like always we'll go ahead and give out the feeds actually I'm gonna turn this over to Kristen eventually this is the one way we can get her to talk and she did such a good job that one time but uh, be sure everybody to follow us on the uh, Twitter at the intel saviors go to Podbean.com, iTunes Facebook all of them type in the intellectual saviors you'll find us add us follow us blah 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 comments all that kind of good stuff. And if you listen to this before first part of February, I'd say go to uh, shortyawards.com and look us up on there and vote for us for our podcast of the year. So we can uh, we can go get our award, rub elbows with like Ricky Gervais and Joe Rogan and all those fun guys. Because we deserve it, goddammit. We work hard for, the, for you guys. We don't deserve a goddamn thing. <laughs>
1: Hey, we do this for free. I think we do kind of deserve it. Yeah, we haven't got
2: our Exxon sponsorship yet that we talked about last week. We don't get any
1: money from this shit, so...
2: Yeah, unless you guys want to donate on our (laughs) PayPal. It ain't gonna happen. (laughs) Just put it out there.
1: But that's fine. We still like doing the show anyway, and we like that people are listening to us.
2: Hey, been doing it for about four months, and I think we're getting uh, at least a few hundred hits a month now, so we're getting bigger. We're getting bigger and better. Who
1: who was our musical guest?
2: Oh, uh, that song was by the Dolly Rods. That was a song that they used, and um, they t- were on a one of the episodes of CSI New York a few years back, and they actually played that song on it. And I told the guys, I'm going to use this to tell all you new listeners, if you want to check out some of our back catalog, we actually did an interview with them. They talked about that on the episode. Um, or you can maybe swing by and check out our show on fracking or legalization of drugs. Any of those fine episodes and leave some comments, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> Whore. i am whoring as, <laughs> as hard as i can right now <laughs> i love to whore so anyway check it all out because we're is this fantastic just a
3: subconscious reason why you want to switch this over to kristen not saying anything about you Whoa. Kristen.
1: Whoa.
2: just saying that
3: she's the female in the group and i think you're objectifying her and i think you are an apology man that I didn't even, is
2: sexist of you I, was say, I didn't even think about it that way but you make a good point punks Although I disagree with it heavily, I just want to point that out.
0: they you're sorry anyway.
2: I'm not sorry. That Boggs is sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> all
1: right, uh, Boggs, you want to take it with the free fur, considering that you have a couple of points to rant on.
2: I
3: actually, uh, I'm gonna calm down my guitar a little bit from all these minor pentatonic. Yeah, this is and serious shit <coughs> right here. I just want to know something, Eric. What? Why are people stupid?
1: Uh, because. Our society doesn't require them to be intelligent in order to survive.
3: Well, that was pretty much the, the short version of what I was hoping you were going to go off <laughs> on the rant. I was going to keep playing this guitar thing while you explained it. But next time you do this, why don't you explain it in a really like father to child type sorry. way? Try it again. <clears throat>
1: I don't have a son. I have no way to relate that. God damn it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> my Michael. S-
2: my son's a, my son is pretty much the smartest kid in Just his class, so I can't. Ruined your bit. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to this either.
3: You guys fucking suck balls. Kristen, all right, all right. you don't have any kids, and you're probably never going to, but. No, Whoa. I don't think so. Oh, oh that- shit. That's very but you can still. How about you talk as if you were a mother to a daughter about why people are dumb if they ask you that question? Go.
0: I got nothing.
2: Wow. Mm, Because this is a Christian nation. You know,
0: kids,
3: sometimes
2: (laughs) when you go to school
3: and your classmates are really stupid, you should just pity them because they're that way in high school too. And um, they're pretty much that way at their job.
1: I think another reason why a lot of people are stupid is because they find out really early on that we cater to stupid people. So like like you brought up in a classroom, uh, they don't really nurture and try to push the most intelligent of the class. They try and bring the bottom up to the norm. Make sense?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: They got standardized tests. They got to so, meet their requirements. The the oh. So they don't. They I'm don't brandy.
1: really cater to the most bright and intelligent of us. And the ones that are probably going to be the most influential on our society. Instead, we cater to the bottom feeders that don't really give a shit and are going to amount to nothing. And we just let them go. It's like, okay.
2: I concur.
3: Okay, next time you do this, talk as if you're talking to a five-year-old, not a fucking college class.
2: God, God it. damn it. He really didn't use that many big words, yeah, I know. I'm sure. Anyway, I so the point that, that I was making
3: is... Uh, I had somebody say this week that uh, I wasn't allowing them to have their opinion. (laughs) And I laughed hysterically. I'll get into it. But anyway, uh, this will come up in another show. It's actually... I actually texted... I didn't text anybody. I Facebooked the rest of the group our new schedule for the month. Because I was like, fuck this. We're putting welfare in one of the show slots. And we'll talk about it. But basically... The comment was hilarious because it was like, why can't I have my own opinion? And I was like, because your opinion is based on things that are a positive information. And by positive information, I mean testable, that you're actually claiming is false. In other words, they used a fact that wasn't true. So it and
1: wasn't a fact? Yes, I agree with that. Like, I, I do agree that everybody should have their say, so to speak. But if it's but something when you're wrong, that's factually incorrect or just stupid, then yes, you should be mocked. <laughs> that's kind of what I did,
3: too. And that's the thing is like, you know, I'm, I'm, if, if somebody ever came to me with information that I uh, had said or, or uttered and it was like completely wrong, they found stats and they're like, look, this is a research that they've done. And it shows that like the one that we were talking about is this misconception about welfare being, you know, this most riddled program with, you know, fucking just ridiculously high fraud rates. And the one that she threw out was 99% of all of these cases because her dad works in the real estate market and he's done a bunch of section eight houses. And I started thinking about that thought too. And I haven't really figured so out a way So real estate's
1: that like in line with social work,
3: apparently? Well, when you do section eight houses for people, it kind of is because they have to... It's a way that they're financing their house. Yeah. It's a governmental finance. Um but if you feel, as a real estate agent, that they're fraudulently acquiring Section 8 housing, Why there are agencies them? you can and should report to. Yeah. And I'm not sure about the legality to this in the U- states, but I'm pretty sure that if you don't, you're basically an accessory at that point. So I'm going to yep. look into that and make sure that... And I, I don't actually like this person that I'm talking about, <laughs> and if she's listening, I don't give a shit either. But I will say that <laughs> she's if not he's... not smart enough to listen. If, if he's... Uh, <laughs> If he's doing stuff that he doesn't realize is fraudulent, I will follow back up and make sure that he's taken care of. But anyway, uh, but yeah, the, the, the conception there was welfare is 99% just fraudulent. And so I started looking at research that other researchers were doing because uh, they had the same question as, well, how much is it? Like, how many cases are there that come back uh, fraudulent? And they couldn't find any. They couldn't find one. So they set up a margin of error of about 3 to 5%, somewhere in that range. Um, their guesstimate to that is about two percent. Now the reason it's a guess is because, you know, if you take your sample size and all of that, and you don't find any, there's got to be something there. So it's accounted for, you know, in an error percentage. And their their uh, their best educated guess was that two percent of those cases are actually fraudulent. And when you think about it, and you actually understand that the government isn't stupid, and they're not going to uphold programs that are completely abused by ninety nine percent. When everyone's just abusing the system, they're not going to keep that around. That wouldn't stick because yeah. it's less money in their pockets. So, you know, if you're going to have these social program, and then the other thing that I love is because it's riddled with uh, uh, fraud, we shouldn't have any social program at all. Like it never does any good. But I I, I can't even imagine. And how how, how Christian of them is my, <laughs> is my next point. So many of them are Republicans. And so many of them are Christian that have these types of opinions. But they're the ones that you read their Bible and it says help people. And it says, you know, God, what was one of the uh, one of his uh, stories that he had is this woman walks up to him and hands him a coin. And he thought it was awesome because it was all she had. She gave everything that she had. It was small, but he loved it. Where are those people in today's society?
1: No, I thought I thought it was all about you know, taking care of your own and, uh, and you know, just growing your wealth. No. Because obviously your your love for God shows how wealthy you are, right? Something like that. Nothing correlated. I guess so.
3: Well, it's you not being responsible. If you're on welfare, you're not a responsible person.
1: Well, another thing is that people think that welfare is a, like, it's, it's some easy way to get money and you can just survive just perfectly on it and you'll be okay. Uh, my response to those people is... Try it. No shit. Just try it for two months. Just just see. Just try living off food stamps and welfare and see how well you do.
2: I saw that like uh, Kristen's doing her vegan challenge. They had a thing like that where people were doing not, I mean, of course, you can't just go get food stamps, but there's like a certain amount of money depending on where you live, like how much you know, you'd know you actually get for food stamps in that area for groceries and stuff for the month and people are trying to live on that. It's ridiculous. It's really impossible. And we'll... We'll look into that, and we do like a something more on welfare and stuff. We'll have to, we'll put Kristen on that challenge, fucker vegan <laughs> challenge. We're gonna put her on that one we'll and see how it works out. Welfare, challenge.
1: or you can even give them a buffer and give them a minimum minimum wage job, and then give them food stamps and all that stuff, and see how well mm-hmm. they survive.
3: Yeah, you're not being prosperous.
1: Sorry, but see that's you're gonna they're, struggle. Every time I severely. hear about this,
3: it's always anecdotal information like, Well, every time that I've ever gone into a welfare office, they come in with a designer handbag. <laughs> yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, Okay, but they that it's a purse. So even if they are stu- if they're stupid and they bought that, that's
2: They pull up in their sad, Cadillac. But, yeah, with they pull their, up in the
3: Cadillac. And I was like, I don't remember the Cadillac being that great a car anyway. Yeah, But it's kind of like what could they pull up in that would appease you? You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. Does it have to be a complete piece of shit?
3: it ha- it have to be a... Uh,
1: Where they can barely get to their job. <laughs> yeah. It breaks down all the time.
3: So, and you know, I'm sure that that does happen. I'm not saying that that's a thing that never happens, but you can't tell me that a government agency that does nothing but keep stats all the time doesn't know what their welfare fraud rate is and when it gets reported. And that's, to me, it's, it, it's such a foolish foolish proposition to think that they're that incompetent i mean they've been ripping off the same people who think that they're that incompetent they've been ripping off for years now, and years and years and the government
2: is incompetent and they prove that over and over again in a lot of ways whether it be local or national um you know we were talking about um like the stop and frisk thing. We brought that up a couple times out of New York. Uh, they had a judge. That was, talk about an incompetent policy to do that, where basically they're stopping. Yeah, hey,
1: didn't a job, uh, judge stop it?
2: Yeah, a, a Manhattan a federal court judge had put a kibosh on that finally. They finally ruled on it and say it was unconstitutional.
1: After Took them long enough.
2: Yeah, after, like, what was it, 88, 89% of the people stopped had committed no crimes, and over 50% of them were blacks. They finally said, maybe this is a little bit of racial profiling. This isn't justified. So they put a kibosh on that. So that was some good news for the week. Yay. Yeah, I thought you guys were like that, since I know we brought that up a couple times that saw it. And um, That's all I got. <laughs> <That rent. laughs> I was going to say, save some of your stuff, son. Save some of your stuff. We'll do another show on that.
3: <laughs> Unless, Eric, do you have anything to say about somebody telling me that atheists are all unreasonable and irrational thinkers?
2: They
4: are. <sighs>
3: Doesn't that make you just want to go and take a nap? (laughs)
4: Uh,
1: uh, Atheists are like the most rational and reasonable out of everybody, and that's just based on how we believe. And it's not really even a belief; it's more of just it's an interpretation of the evidence. We just take
3: you took evidence into account. We take
1: the best evidence that we have, and we take that into account about the laws of our universe and how it functions.
3: Wait, well, what if there's something that I don't understand? Can then I can I call it God? Then nope. Damn.
1: <laughs> there's no evidence to it. You can say every anything you want to, but that gives you what zero about evidence. entropic
3: systems in our world? How chaos is constantly cons- uh, transpired into order? What okay. about Then what a marvelous design.
2: Who the fuck is not the necessarily
1: designer? because we live in a very uh, secluded area of our galaxy, and the rest of our galaxy is pretty violent. So to say that it's just rel- I think it's more, the problem that a lot of people have is everything's relative to where we are. So, And they really don't take into account everything that surrounds us uh, on a uh, universal scale. And it's it's a constant ebb and flow. It's a constant chaos and then points of stability. We just happen to be in a very calm area right now. It's not always going to be that way. You know, we're we're definitely going to see, you know, galaxies that clash into our galaxies. Um, We're being pulled closer and closer to the center of our galaxy because there's a a supermassive black hole in there that's sucking everything in. But just because it's relative to us and it seems calm now doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. And then on top of that, systems that seem to be in place that are stable are completely unstable, like the human body. If there was a designer, he did a really shitty job because our eyes go bad, our teeth rot, we get cancer, we have disease. There's a lot of problems with our bodies, and they like there's even parts of our bodies that don't even make sense anymore. Uh, but they're there, but that's because it's an evolutionary trait. It has nothing to do with a creator.
3: No, I don't think evolution's true. There's never any scientific <laughs> evidence of that. None at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know what I said back to
3: that? I was like, well, if you don't like that, you may as well just not buy DNA testing, and you may as well not buy... Well, like DNA testing itself vaccines,
1: proves evolution.
3: Yeah, because it's based on that. If you, didn't, if you have no basis to that, you can't have DNA testing, because the assumptions that you make there aren't
1: true. And even then, like I told you earlier in the week, you can talk to any microbiologist, and there's not a single one that's a creationist. Probably not. Not a single one. You can't find it, because they see it every single day. Evolution.
3: Bastards. Mm. (laughs) Kristen, where do you weigh in on all of that?
2: You
0: know, I'm kind of tired, so I wasn't really listening. Oh, my
2: God. Believe me, I wasn't either. I tuned out about 10 minutes ago. Oh, my goddess. Hey, do you want to bring up that story about the judge? Or I got some info on it.
3: Yeah, so there was a judge that ruled that uh, this woman didn't fight hard enough against a rapist. I think he was her ex-boyfriend, too, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken. But she didn't fight hard enough, and because of that... He felt that she basically... He implied that she kind of wanted it So since she didn't fight him on anything like that. I th- Did she get pregnant? Was that the issue that...
2: That's not what I saw on it. I looked at... he, You know, I do my Dick of the Week, and I was looking up some stuff, and he sent me this one. This is a case from 2008, but it's a great one, though. Um, this judge out of Orange County, California, his name is Derek Johnson. He... Um, okay, so this guy rapes his girlfriend, threatens to mutilate her, genitals in her face with a screwdriver, and then Tempered. afterwards... Yeah Tempered screwdriver yeah. It freaking hot And afterwards um, Like Bog said the, the judge He still sentenced the guy But he gave him Like 10 years off Of what the prescribed sentence Was for the crime And because he basically Said that You know It was She kind of made it up And this was a quote That he had And uh, see if this sounds Familiar or something From that we've heard In the past I'm not a Gynecologist But uh, I could tell you Something Oh <laughs> <A> what <laughs> What Oh gynecologist? sorry Gynecologist Gynecologist <laughs> Okay, listen, Uh, Eric,
3: you have got, you have got, after this episode, we're come back to this, and And we need to make... And that was
2: Michael Bentz. You know what? Fuck you guys. Uh, But I could tell you something. If someone doesn't want to have sexual intercourse, the body shuts that down. The body will not permit uh, that to happen unless there's a lot of damage inflicted, and we heard nothing to that on this case. That tells me that the victim in this case, although she wasn't necessarily willing, she didn't put up a fight.
1: So, is that that 0.0001% or whatever that was? I was going to say? Yeah.
2: But, another whoring episode. Go back to our women's rights and you'll hear about that. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, does that not sound like that Todd Aiken shit from just coming yeah. No, but this was 2008. But the the story, like you had sent me and I looked it up and I don't know why, but this is, it was just coming like two, three weeks ago is when this story kind of came out about this happening and why it's such a fuss now, I guess. And now the, uh, Commission there in California, they finally got onto him about it. And you think, like, after he said something like that, that maybe he would be, I don't know, suspended from the bench or whatever. But no, they just uh, slapped him on the hand and gave him a, um, like, a technical warning, basically. It's, I don't get it, man. You get publicly admonished for saying something like that. I think that would be pretty much the end for you. But I guess he's being reelected since then. That's another thing. We shouldn't allow judges to be elected by people because people don't know shit. <laughs> they should be appointed based on their merits and people who actually know the law should be the ones appointing these people. And I don't know. What
1: about our politicians? Then
2: You know what I've never understood? Supreme you know how courts like that. The, the law
3: states that you're, uh, you're tried by a jury of your peers. Don't you think that like, if you're a doctor and you're being, uh, you're, you're set up on trial for like malpractice that your jury should be a selection of doctors.
1: Well, they they try really hard to. Uh, I mean, obviously the uh, the if it's whether or not it's the uh, prosecution or the defense, they're going to try and skew it the ways that they can. But they're going to try their best to educate the jury onto whatever the case may be about.
3: I don't like that though because you can sway a lot of people. with Oh, something like I that said, it's going to be skewed.
4: Yeah.
1: So. But, uh,
0: I've been called in for jury duty twice, and I've been the youngest person both times. I bet
2: you during, got off
1: of it during didn't, the yeah.
0: jury selection, and I I don't agree with that.
1: It's also why I'm not registered to vote. <laughs> Keep don't out jury don't don't j- duty. Don't get called in jury, jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys.
4: It's just it seems to me like
3: you know, if, especially for like malpractice reasons, if every doctor on the jury is like, that's not, I would have done the same thing every time. I think
1: you know. Yeah, but you also a run into more the problem of people within. The or uh, whatever it is, whatever profession it is, they have a hard time, sometimes defining what's correct mm-hmm. even within themselves. So mm-hmm. that that's that, not going to solve the problem.
3: I I think it would though for a lot of reasons because if you're if you're talking about a debate about
1: I mean, then you know, you know doctors can cite a case or whatever you know.
3: Sure, but sure, but the people who came out of the farmland, what what do they have any bearing on that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It seems to me like the the more complicated the case is, like that, the more educated people you'd need.
2: Is this the most he's ever talked? I
3: think so. The do- other thing I was gonna say about your, did I ever tell you all <laughs> about holy that?
2: shit? Man. Did I ever
3: tell you about that study that I did? <laughs> what do you What do you want from me, dude? No, I'm
2: just saying. I can't believe this. I'm like sitting. I'm you said before the show. You said before the
4: show, dude. We gotta going, talk more going. about you and shit, dude. We do need so more I did, and now You're like fuck.
2: Dude, that's what the people wanted. <laughs> I don't know why. The people? You mean like the one person? Yeah, we've had a couple people hey, say they hey, like vlogs. Hey, I've got more than one fan. We've had a couple <laughs> so, of them. He's got at least two. I know. The of. next
1: thing I'll say about Jerry, hey, DD is on he that. nominated for a
3: shorty? Is, don't think so. Hey, He should be, be. Nominated
2: for a longy? Huh? Huh? Uh, no? Oh, That was
3: mm, stupid. You guys can. I'm sorry. sorry. Anyway, so. powering down. Uh, did I ever tell you all about the uh, little social experiment that I had to do when I was at UTA?
2: No, don't care. So anyway. <laughs> what is it? Hurry up. You got two seconds. It was about uh, group Time's
3: dynamics. Up. You're a bastard.
2: You're a fucking dick. Oh, wait. You did tell us about this.
3: The group dynamics where they would do, uh, it was a murder mystery. And oh, you did. had to solve it individually and you had to solve it as a group. And the groups got it wrong uh, 50% of the time and the individuals got it wrong like 25% of the time. So yeah. it's actually a stronger case not to use juries is the basic uh, premise to this study. And they, the one that I was in was a replication of someone else's work. So this is like starting to come about that that's not really. And it's because typically you have social dynamics about people who are very arrogant and want to be right. So they push details that don't really matter. And then other people who uh, would otherwise have come to different conclusions based on details that do matter, don't speak out. So a lot of the social dynamic to that is a, a, a large component to why I don't really feel that juries are uh getting cases right all the time
2: oh, i agree if i if i had to ever go stand trial i'd want it just to be heard by the judge i wouldn't i'd take the jury out of it right off the bat i don't trust them. man, in of course the good thing with the jury is at least if one of them is complete asshole and messes it up i mean you get the hung jury and you get off that way so i guess it goes both ways Ask oj the jury worked out good for him
1: no doubt
0: and casey anthony
2: and casey anthony mm. casey anthony you whore Um wow. Okay So hey, I, I, Eric do you have anything You've not really got a chance to speak
1: <laughs> I, I had the opening I Yeah feel, I, I did I
2: feel bad for Eric He's he, he threw a went, quip in there Well I mean he's He's responding to your Your All yeah. your greatness That you have today I'm yeah. very proud of you Boggs I have to say Thanks Now don't ever say anything I again
1: I don't think anybody <laughs> in Mississippi kidding. Has ever listened to us And probably won't But We're If anybody there. does You better watch out If you are looking to get an abortion Because Uh they're about to shut down the only abortion clinic uh, because in two thousand and twelve they passed a law which requires physicians to get hospitals admitting privileges and a law that in which the governor said he signed with hopes of shutting down the clinic yay, yeah, <laughs> awesome you
3: know on the economic note of abortion uh We've talked about this before. You're gonna set up more people in Mississippi, getting them in back alleys, and you're gonna have more deaths on your yeah. hands.
1: Yeah, and so. he even said, "My goal, of course, is to shut it down. Now we follow the laws. The bill in the court is now and related. Uh, whoa, the bill is in the courts now, related to the physicians and their association with the hospital. But certainly, if I had the power to do so legally, I would do so tomorrow.
2: Sounds like Kansas. They did the same kind of nonsense Yeah, there. it's a
1: law that requires anyone doing abortions in the clinic to be an OBGYN with privileges to admit patients to a hospital near the facility where abortions are done.
3: So you just made it harder on them? Is that the yep. point?
1: He's trying to clamp down, and if they're not in compliance, they can shut them down. So... Yeah. Good luck trying to get an abortion in Mississippi. Sorry. It's not going to happen. There's going to be a well, run. unless it's back alley. The, the
2: there'll be a run I'll of say, clothes hangers there.
3: Yep. The other thing about that, though, it's legal in other states. You can just go to another state. Right on the... It sp- that way. Yeah, right but, I mean,
1: you're already putting stress on people who are already severely stress. stressed.
3: That's fair. I get that. I'm just saying... I'm not saying this is... It, but I'm on just top saying of that,
1: that... You're also putting them in a precarious situation because it's like, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm going to leave town now. And then everybody knows your shit, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Man, you well, put, on, put on a little bit of weight don't worry right. about it after and, a- and after all it
1: is Mississippi which is you know close to the heart of the Bible Belt and I'm pretty sure all the people there are very uh, mm-hmm. they probably just treat you know their fellow people that do things that they don't like just wonderfully I bet and don't do any kind of social outcasts or anything like that probably not at all I would agree in I fact think I think true. Mississippi is the same state there was a I couldn't find it if I tried but uh, there was a Atheist family that like moved there and they were pretty much ostracized the instant that they got there and people found out that they were atheist. And their kids were uh beaten up and harassed at school constantly and they actually wound up having to move.
2: I mean I think I saw something on that or something uh,
1: there this. was just so much harassment.
2: Wait,
3: I thought you were supposed to love your enemies. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. That's not the Christian
2: way. No,
1: no, no, no. You ain't Gosh. like us. We don't like you.
2: I don't know if you guys saw this, but um
1: The South will rise again.
2: In uh, Florida, this professor, James Tracy, out of Florida Atlantic University, he made some pretty interesting statements this uh, past week on his blog, and it kind of gained a little bit of recognition. I haven't seen too much on it, but uh, he basically made the case that the Sandy Hook incident in Connecticut was a staged event by the Obama administration.
1: it <laughs> was a false flag policy for uh, gun control. Yeah, so nice. they could
2: take away more of our rights and our <laughs> guns. I just like the fact that he's a professor at a university. So I guess, uh, you know, those, that's where I really want my kids going. I just saw him, and I mean, he made some ridiculous comments. I got him, but I don't really care enough to read him off. He's just a fucking psychopath. And I would have used him for um, my dick of the week, but I figured he's a professor, and, you know, he's got his fucking nonsense and whatever. But um, I found somebody else that I thought was a little bit more, you know, deserving of the award. So here we go with uh, this week's dick of the week. I <laughs> fucking love that. You people are going to love so it. So ridiculous. Oh, it's great. You guys are going to love it. So everybody knows that, you know, we've had all these politicians coming out, and they're, you know, we can't get rid of guns, so what we need to do is arm the teachers in the schools, right? Because that's what's going to make everything better. That'll keep <laughs> that'll keep the violence down. Sure, sure. But that's all talk. These fuckers, they get up and they just run their mouths. No action. All talk. However, in Maricopa County in Arizona, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who I don't know if anybody knows who Joe Arpaio is. He's a uh, he's a big-time uh, asshole who is really big into the immigration thing. He's one of these guys who he wants to deport pretty much every Hispanic, whether they're legal or not, and build up an electric fence around the whole state of Arizona. Nice. Yeah, he's a good dude. That's <laughs> pretty th- solid. But, of course, this isn't immigration. This isn't his usual bag of goodies. But what he's come up with, is he has put together a volunteer posse that is going to set patrolling areas around the Phoenix area, uh, Arizona, like schools. Now, he, they can't actually do this in the schools themselves, but they're going to be around the areas. Now, his volunteer force is comprised of about 3,000 people that he's brought in, and uh, some of them have already been shown to have criminal pasts.
1: Nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, he's provided them with a list of 50 schools in the area that they're going to be able to patrol. And in the process of patrolling them, they're allowed to um, bring their own weapons and equipment. And uh, they are given the authority of the sheriff's office. So, you're going to have 3,000 fucking idiots running around with their weapons, patrolling areas around schools. And they're going to be under the authority of the sheriff. Do you think this is a good idea? Not at all. You know what that
3: sounds like? That sounds like the wild fucking West.
2: Isn't it, though? I mean, is it just fucking... Is that just chaos waiting to happen?
1: Yeah, so what happens when one of these people snaps?
2: Dude, I... But, well, but he said that...
1: What happens when uh, they see, like, a toy gun and their awareness becomes heightened and they have paranoia and they go after them and shoot them?
2: No, you know it's
1: like a... Six-year-old but you don't have, plan. You don't have to worry about that
2: because he said that our posses are well-trained with over 100 hours of uh, use in weapons. Ex- so what? So They're, they're all, police
1: officers that have shot kids with toy guns. They're
2: all trained and ready to go. I just, that to me, was crazy. And then he also made a statement about how they're going to use, uh, eventually, they're going to put them through more training and that they'll probably use like drug money that they've seized in the county and use it to purchase assault weapons that these guys <laughs> will be able to carry around. Instead of just the rifles and shotguns and shit they're walking around with now with their little badges on their chest, you know, that say I'm a sheriff's department assistant or whatever. <laughs> I've got the authority of the sheriff. It's fucking insane. So he's a, a fucking lunatic. But I gave it to him over, like I said, the professor just because he carries a lot more weight. I mean, he's a fucking sheriff and he's got some national notoriety. So he's got more of a platform. And so Sheriff Arpaio, crazy son of a bitch and dick of the week.
1: Yeah, let's not worry about educating ourselves about guns and stuff like that. Let's just add more guns to the crop.
2: Well, it's like Texas. Our attorney That's ge- what we did
3: in the wild fucking west. How did that turn out? What? I thought it turned out great. Our attorney
2: general <laughs> here in Texas this week said that they want to... That's why every western movie is like violent. <laughs> okay, get the fucking shoot out the O.K. Corral in every school... No, he said that he was wanting to put money into the budget for um, training, arms training, for all of our teachers in the state. So we we have cut uh, spending on schools I don't even know how many fucking times in the state in the last few years. I mean, so much so, you know, like some school districts can't even have buses fucking run the kids anymore and stuff. Or or people are having to pay out of their pocket for that kind of bullshit. But yet, we're going to put money back in the budget so we could do arms training.
1: Yeah, I think we need to focus okay. more on uh, You know, education Education Even And buying uh, some
2: textbooks Oh my
1: And trying to cure people of their mental illness
2: No, don't worry about that Oh yeah, yet. there's that
1: And also finding the roots of their mental <laughs> illness And trying to see how we can prevent that further <laughs> those mm, are, that, There's no money in that Those
2: sorry. are the fucking ones running the show, man That's our, our attorney journals and Sheriff Joe Those are the ones that need mental illness help uh, What are you going to do? Get to the topic. It is time for the topic, I think. <laughs> and Mr. Eric, you will take over, please.
1: All right. Today's topic, we are going over unions. So I have a little brief history <laughs> of unions. It uh, began forming around the mid-19th century in response to social and economic impact of the Industrial Revolution. National labor unions began to form in the post-Civil War era. Um there were a lot of major players at the very beginning, but they died off pretty rapidly. Uh, did you do that on purpose? Because you just matched the beat a little
2: bit. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did it subconsciously.
1: But, of course, corporations do not like unions whatsoever, so they got their little cronies in, uh, in uh, Congress to uh, pass the Taft-Hartley Act on June twenty third, 1947. Um, you know, when Republicans took control of the Congress in 1947 uh, Taft focused on uh, labor management relations as a chair of the Senate of Labor Committee um, and then he is so fucking distracted <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote yeah, the Taft-Hartley no, no no it no it's fine it's fine uh, so in 1947 he wrote the Taft-Hartley Act uh, which remains the basic labor law Uh, It bans, quote, unfair union practices, uh, campaign expenditures. So uh, unions cannot give to campaigns, but corporations can. That makes sense, right? Uh, Forces union leaders. This is kind of strange. It forces them to sign an affidavit declaring that they are not supporters of the Communist Party.
2: (laughs) There's a Communist Party? (laughs) I do want to say one thing on the, about the campaigns because a lot of people are going to like, do goddamn unions give to Democrats stuff. They do their own ads on the side. They can't give directly to the campaigns. They yeah. do their own thing. So. Um, hey, uh, on the note of
3: campaigns, have y'all, uh, either of y'all looked at how much Obama spent and how much Romney spent in this last election and who actually uh, contributed?
2: I was going to make a point about that a little bit later when we kind of get into nah, some I'm stuff.
1: Pretty sure it's gross.
2: It's, oh, it's ridiculous. It's the
3: same, dude. Obama had universities that sponsored him. That was like the only difference. All the banks that you would think about sponsored both. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why they, the all, fuck would they always do, do that. They, did, did, that, they did that. They did that last
1: election with Obama. They did that every election. It, the top ten, they just were interwoven. Like J.P. Morgan was like McCain's number one, but he was like Obama. There were Obamas like number three or something like that. Yep. So, yeah. They they all they're yep. all in it because they want to make sure that they're in their pockets. Yep. Uh, so the. Taft-Hartley Act also outlawed closed shops. Do you guys know what that is? Closed shop. That's where does me? Uh, that's where a company agrees to only hire union labor.
2: Yeah, I've I've heard it. I just wasn't ringing a bell.
1: Um, and it also authorized the president to seek federal court uh, injunctions to impose an 80-day cooling-off period if a strike threatened uh, national interests. Uh, Taft displayed all of his preliminary skills in getting the bill through Congress. Uh, Harry Truman vetoed it, but Taft convinced both houses of Congress to override the veto. Uh, this was a conservative anti-union law that contained numerous measures that weakened unions. And there were even uh, further weakenings of unions because of the corruption reports that came out with the Teamsters and all those people in the mm-hmm. 50s. Uh, so they, they got a very bad rap. Uh, later on uh, after uh, unions started becoming a big deal Um, and there still is a lot of stigma and a lot of negativity towards uh, unions and corporations obviously don't like them if you look at anything with Walmart they have done everything they possibly can to keep unions out of there in fact if you are even heard by a supervisor talking about forming a union they will fire you on the spot
2: oh yeah I mean that's the big thing since that took off in the 70s where the court system, pretty much pressured by big corporations and stuff, went on that witch hunt. Like, I know you'd brought up like with the heart, uh, the Taft thing. You know, they really tried to knock down the the first part when unions started growing and taking effect. And then, I mean, they really weren't a big deal. I mean, up until the pretty much about the uh, the time of uh, the Great Depression, only about 10% of the population were in unions at that time mostly because of laws like that and just like you said there's kind of a stigma at that point but then during the depression um, when Roosevelt took over you know he saw like the way that labor was and everything and then they went in and they passed uh, the National Industrial Recovery Act and what that did is it kind of set up practices for stuff like you know set work wages um, unfair competition you know competition outlawing like child labor and uh, giving them a minimum wage and you know just basic work rights and stuff and of course they still had um the cor- the corporate cronyism and stuff in the court system the supreme court was still pretty much a conservative supreme court and they declared it unconstitutional a couple years later and then um, they went back and they passed a new law the labor Re- relations act and that gave some of the basic rights uh, to them uh, like collective bargaining um things like that. They kind of started getting the unions rolling again, gave them some rights and at least to be able to negotiate. And then a couple of years after that, they passed the, uh, after the good thing with uh, Roosevelt, he was able to get some of his own Supreme Court members on and kind of, you know, I wouldn't say liberalize the Supreme Court, but make it a little bit more worker friendly. And then they passed the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act in 1938. And that, that basically went back to some of the stuff from the original uh, National Industrial Recovery Act, which uh, set a 40-hour work week, a minimum wage, um, strengthen, you know, rights to negotiate with uh, labor and stuff. And during that period, after passing these and kind of strengthening the unions, uh, membership in unions went from 10% to roughly about 35%. And it also increased the uh, income of those uh, from before they were making basically like 100% of the profit the company would make. The workers are only getting about 30% of it after these acts went into effect and the union uh, grew to about 35%, their their take went from about 30 to roughly close to 50%. I mean, it's, you know, averages, I'm kind of... But then, like I said, in the 70s, you saw that big gap there between about the 50s to the 70s or 40s to the 70s where, you know, you saw incomes kind of stagnate where the, instead of, like, all the profits, you know, you 100% of the profit, you had, you know, about 60% going to... You know the uh, the companies, and then only about 35 to 40 going to laborers. It pretty much evened out where it's about 50/50 split. Um, and then in the 70s, like I said, under the the courts, the uh, corporations started fighting it, putting their money into campaigns, and you see it more on the conservative side. And it still goes now where you, know, you see like the governor Walker of Wisconsin and uh, Kasich in Ohio, where they've tried to put all these things to break up these unions because they know you break up the unions, you know then you don't have to give them the pay that you gave them before. You don't have to give them the health care benefits you gave them before. You don't have to put as much into their pension plans, which is all stuff that they're kind of forced to have to do now. Because God forbid, you know, these guys bust their ass working, pr- pr- producing this fucking product and stuff of the company, that they should get a fair share of it. And you've seen that with, um, like a I said, with the... A point on pensions?
3: Yeah. They don't do that anyway anymore. That's gone. A lot of companies don't honor pensions anymore. Well, I know that uh, my brother was telling me. It is dwindling. That, yeah, my brother's telling me that there there are companies that, uh, you know, they've had their HR rep. Have Thanks, the honor baby boomers. Of, yeah. They've had the honor <laughs> and pleasure of saying, we're not, remember that pension we, pr- yeah, that's not there. We've been, we haven't been setting aside money at all. But
2: you know a lot of that is because they've been breaking up unions so much. Like I said, well, at the peak of unions. Back in, uh, let's say, about the 1960s, mid-1960s, uh, membership in unions was about 30% or better. And like I said, their profit share uh, was about 54%. Today, I mean, this is a couple years back, these numbers, but now it's at around 10% again, which is about where it was the, you know, before the Great Depression, and profit share is down to 45%. So workers... You know, as membership in unions has dropped, you've seen, you know, 10, 12% of revenue form drop. And if you look at, um, I mean, everybody always talks about the discrepancy between the rich people and stuff compared to the the regular worker. I mean, I got numbers on, I'll go through in a second, I'll dig them up. But um, I mean, the discrepancy has grown so vastly, especially since about the 80s with Reagan. Reagan was one of the big proponents of breaking the unions and stuff. It's the airport, you know, the strikes and all that shit.
3: Am I distracting Speaking you? Speaking
2: of, of strikes,
1: back to the, <laughs> uh, they did have uh, outlaw jurisdictional strikes. So a lot of people, you know, if they see boycotts or uh, pickets or anything on TV, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that that's not like a spontaneous thing. It's has to be very organized and it has to follow a code of law mm-hmm. and they have to give like um, 80 days notice that they're going to do it and all kinds of other shit. Like, it's not kind of a hey, you're treating us like shit we're gonna strike. It's you're treating us like shit. Here's a piece of paper we're gonna strike in eighty days. And here's where we're gonna do it. <laughs> like you can't just do it anywhere. So it actually inhibits free speech.
2: Yeah, I know there's something mm-hmm. like that. I went I worked for UPS for a while after I got out of the military and I mean this is about fifteen years ago, so you guys probably don't remember this, but UPS went on strike and I remember I was working there at the time and they did that. They went through the things and like you know us being union members we paid into the dues and stuff but like we had to show up It was almost like a work day like you had to show up for so long yep. and, and participate in the strike but then you got paid i mean granted it was you know minimal because you get paid out of dues but they'd pay you and they would keep your insurance and everything running during it so the unions you know they really did help out quite a bit in that and like derek said there are rules and you know within the unions and then how they go about their business it's just not fucking willy nilly like hey fuck it we don't like the way things are going let's just strike for no reason and I mean, there are always reasons behind it, and the, it is thought out. Do you want to hear some of the things that we have because of unions, folks? Because I think unions get I a bad think, rap. Uh,
3: I think, yeah, you should probably. And let
1: me let me play. I'm like, fucking class end it. Nick. We got
2: our ways to go. Well, do forward. we want to go
1: through like some negative aspects or the negative stigmas before we go into the positives?
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. Go ahead. let's just go on that. You got some stuff there, son.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I've just got stuff that's in the top of my head just because it's something that people always talk about in unions. Okay. Uh, I hardball it and I'll keep pulling chords. Yeah, you it. hardball it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking
2: hardball it.
1: Uh, one thing that I hear a lot about unions is that, uh, their, their work is poorly done and it's also slow. <laughs> slow? Yeah. That, that, that's one thing that if you get uh, union labor to build a building, for example, uh, it's not going to be quite as good as if you just got somebody who wasn't union labor. And also it's going to be done at, uh, at a lot slower pace because, uh, you know, they, they don't have to. Because s- somehow in a union they're all protected by uh, the the shield that makes it to where they can be completely inefficient and keep their jobs. Mm. I'm just going over what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I
2: believe. I don't have I, that many clash
3: cords. So I was gonna well. say <laughs> <laughs> I've got two, you're depleting me very I, quickly. I was gonna
2: say I'd have to see something. I mean, I need to see something to show the proof of that though. I've heard some I've heard that before too. Oh whether well, they're just um, lazy, they sitting on their ass, they know they're gonna get paid. I've whatever.
1: also heard that like you're you're working in a factory and a new guy comes in, he's new to the to the union and he's busting his ass and being really efficient, working hard, that vets will come up to him and kind of berate them and say, hey, you need to slow down. You're making us look bad. Whatever, whatever. Bad. So it's like a, it's like like a good old boys. Like, Hey, you follow our rules. You go at our pace or else. Bullshit. I'm
2: not union. I do that at my job. We get new person's Like, look, dude, don't fucking show (laughs) me up. I got a good thing going here. Don't make me have to work. (laughs) I don't know about unions. Um,
1: And also, you know, people complain about, uh, how they, they force them to pay their, to pay dues and all that stuff. And, uh, that unions are just as corrupt as corporations, and
2: that may mm. or may not be true. We were talking about that earlier. Which, e- there can e- be corruption,
1: absolutely. There is
2: corruption in everything. Yeah. Churches, government, that unions, down. everything. There's always going to be a modicum of cor- you know corruption, but it's like I
1: don't think that there's corruption
2: in this show. Not in this show yet. Me, we,
3: dude. I definitely want to make money off this. I'm, show. I'm trying <laughs> to
2: get some sponsors. <laughs> Starbucks, you
1: listening? That doesn't make us corrupt. That just makes us want to live a little bit better. Because after all, we don't exactly have like six-figure badass jobs and like all that is true. Driving yeah. BMWs. That's like, true.
3: We are the average. Men I would not drive a BMW. You know what I would drive if We're, I was
1: handed a million dollars tomorrow? Would you even consider us like middle class? I'd say like I don't think so. No, I, I wouldn't say
2: so. Uh, I don't know what you guys make, is. but I am definitely uh, upper middle class. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, you well, I think the median income in the country is about fifty thousand for a family. Now that's for a family. Now you, you know, Eric, that's different for you. So you, I guess you know, yeah. you're single. Well, I did just get a you, promotion,
1: question. so even though I don't have a family, I'm going to be right around there. So, so I can,
2: I can easily say if that's if that's median income, I'll say I guess that so middle class is around the fifty thousand range. So yeah, okay, that's right. I'm going to rub it in your all faces. I'm it? about to be middle killing class that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> We're all middle class in our way Middle class financially Low class in every other way <laughs>
1: Right Mine's in the gutter all the time White trash
2: Alright kids, so there's an experiment for you guys Listen to what Eric says is shitty about unions And go out and prove it to us Because I don't believe it, I don't buy any of it I love the unions, they're great I wish well, I was in one There's
1: there's more good drawn from them well, than I let, think let, Let's go into the, the positives then Yeah about.
2: There's one thing I do bring up on the negative. You hear a lot of times, like people say, "Well, if you have uh, unions in the states and stuff, it's going to cause companies to leave, and the you know just going to blow up the unemployment." Um, from the facts I looked at, these are from 2009. Unemployment rate in um, states that had um, the right to work laws was 8.6 percent, and in states without the right to work. So that means you didn't, you know, you don't have to be a part of a union in those states. In the right to work, uh, the ones without it it was 9.6, so 1% higher. So, you know, 1% higher unemployment in the States with more unionized. Eh, I don't really think that's a blow-up, you know what I mean? It's not like 6 7% difference. Like, they make it sound like it's going to be incredibly, you know, significant amount. But um, here's what you need to take into effect. We're t- talking about the positives, though. Here's what you gain from having unions. Now, these are things that we've got over time. Um, weekends... For paid weekend. I know, you know, depending on what kind of a field you work in, but uh, we'll say 40-hour work weeks, we'll put it that way. Uh, breaks, paid vacation, sick leave, uh, Social Security, minimum wage, the eight-hour workday, overtime pay, child labor laws, uh, work workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, pensions, which I know you talked about pensions have changed up. A lot of the bigger corporations still have it, but it has changed quite a bit. Um, workplace safety, collective bargaining, Wrongful termination laws, age discrimination, veterans employment and training services, compensation increases, evaluations raises, and stuff. You know, you're supposed to at least have the opportunity to get uh, cost of living wage raise every year. Uh, sexual harassment laws, Americans with Disabilities Act, um, let see, like I said paid leave before, they have holiday paid, same thing. Pregnancy and parental leave, military leave, the right to strike, equal pay acts. That's, you know, of course, for the women more so, but... It's you know, still not happening. It's either. it's still not where it needs to be. But
3: if we ever talk about the economics of discrimination, we'll bring up the the earnings gap because that is it's so weird because scientifically, I, I'm sure I brought this up too. If you look at every single factor there is except discrimination, mm-hmm. you still can't explain it.
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: And the, one, and the last thing I had there was ending like sweatshops we have. You know, I saw on goddamn Fox News the other day, there's a guy, I don't know his first name, his last name's Gutfeld. He's on like that, the five show that they have or something. He's fucking terrible. I know you guys probably don't know. I Believe I, me. I, I sh-
1: don't even have cable, so I don't I, see any of that I shit.
2: I shouldn't know cause I shouldn't be watching that <laughs> shit. But he was talking about fucking sweatshops on there and he, he was talking about, oh, people talk about sweatshops or baddios in these, you know, developing countries. Was, but really, they're a good thing because it gives unskilled labor a chance to, you know, get a job. And you know, I guess gain some fucking experience or something. And he's going on what? about how sweatshops are good. I'm like, God damn, dude, fucking Fox News. Are you, that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't name can anybody I, uh, on Fox News a dick of the week because they're all fucking <laughs> so awful. Can I can I tell you something funny about that? You know, one of the
3: reasons why uh, Keynesian ideas have come to fruition at all has been through America going through a 1929 stock market crash. And then a Federal Reserve Act that was the exact opposite uh, of what it should be, right? What? Listen to our show on the Fed.
4: Uh, <sighs> yeah. <Federal laughs> so Reserve you know, motherfuckers.
3: this is something that I, I want people to understand and hear about economics. Is if you take an intro class and they explain to you uh, market equilibriums, which is what everyone wants to be at, right? Well, let me tell you something about those equilibrium states. And this is one of the things that unions have fought so hard against. Is you know sometimes you don't want to be at market equilibrium because your wage still fucking sucks. At market equilibrium, if your wage rate at market equilibrium is you know three dollars right now, do you think a worker who could could live on that wage? Do you think it's possible to live in this society with three dollars an hour? Absolutely not. No, you're not going to do it. It's not happening. You know why? It's fifty percent of what it is right now. People make this claim that you know you force in a lot of unemployment when you uh, when you have like a like a minimum wage rate, right? Mm-hmm. And that's true, but if you look at wage. Uh, supply and demand. First off, I want to I want to make this disclaimer too. Supply and demand don't really work with that. But if you look at the graphs, they're very inelastic. That means that they're almost straight up. Like they're almost a vertical line. Your unemployment that you're dropping off is worth somebody being able to live on that income. That's the bottom line to it. There's so many instances mm-hmm. in our society where you don't want to be at market equilibrium when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because... You know, like Eric and I have talked about too, and listen to our fracking episode, that kind of technology is used because it pushes them towards equilibrium because they can sell their product more Cheaply. efficiently that way. But yeah. guess what it causes? Pollution. That's a lot the cause. of negative
1: aspects to the environment you know, and health of people around it.
3: Right. But they don't, and see, that's the thing is, you know, that company, they're not responsible for your health. They're not responsible for all this. Oh, of course not. They're, they're responsible circumvented for the their ETA. stockholders making money. And for a society purpose, to have those laws in place, like, no, you can't skirt these laws. No, you can't pollute our area. There's reasons you do that. It's because you're not concerned with their profit margin. You're concerned with your overall health. If that means that you drop them to an unemployment state or to a, uh, a lesser state than an equilibrium, so be it. Who gives a shit? It's yeah. worth it.
1: Well, and that's another thing that's kind of hypocritical about America is how we claim to be this great country and uh, – we we should be the representation of everything that people do on this planet. Uh, yet, if you look at other countries, like, they don't let the corporations get away with half of what we let them get away with. You look at Monsanto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think there was some European country that just recently banned fracking. Um, I know a lot have already banned fracking yep. there. But there was, like, one that recently did. Mm-hmm. Um and you just look at a lot of the shit that we just let corporations run wild here. Like, yeah, we're the most we're the freest, most proper, prosperous uh, country on the planet, but we also have the highest rate of cancer. We also have <laughs> you know, like all these really horrible societal obesity, environmental is a big one here and health issues. And we need to really just kinda of look at ourselves in the mirror and kind of think that maybe we should... Shouldn't be doing everything that we are doing. Maybe we shouldn't be as free as we want to be. Maybe we need to start putting a little bit of regulations and restrictions on things and holding. Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa. Did you say regulation?
2: I'm out.
1: Holding <laughs> people and companies responsible for what they do.
2: And that's when we were talking about earlier. You know, you brought up the campaign and the donations and stuff. I think that's one reason, too. Like, you see a lot of the corporations and the conservatives, they get a lot of their most of their money. I know they give to both. I mean, they they hedge their bets. There's no doubt about it. But the majority of that money goes to uh, conservatives. And I think the reason is because they fight against these unions and regulations, stuff like that, because, you know, it's all about profit with the corporations. But also, it helps their party out as well, because, like... If you looked at the top major contributors last time, like groups and stuff, I and mean, you're talking about the banks and stuff, some of these corporations, the only two that in the top ten that were big for um, Democratic candidates and stuff were both uh, labor unions. I can't remember, like I know the like United Auto Workers and one of the other, probably the teachers, one the NE, NEA or something. Um, but if they break up these unions and they set these right to work states and stuff then they're not going to be making their union dues you know they know union participation will fall and then that's less money that they can use to go and campaign against you know uh environmental laws or workers rights i mean it it's it all ties in together and you can see that so i mean that there's reasons behind it oh and i wanted to here's the thing i had on uh, like the uh the pay and stuff it was um you know, we were talking about like the differences between um, the top margins and stuff, how much they make. Um, last year, American CEOs, yeah, CEOs, sorry, trying to find it, uh, saw their pay increase by 15% after a 28% pay raise the year before, while workers saw their inflation-adjusted wages fall 2%. So, basically, CEO pay spiked 725% between the years 1978 and 2011, while worker pay rose just 5.7%. So, that's, eh, that's that's what you get, though. You know, like I said, you don't have, the membership in unions has fallen off so much over the last 40 years, 30, 40 years, and you've seen the profit sharing go down, and it just keeps on going, it keeps on growing, and... Yeah, you know, I mean, people want to be down on unions. I think a lot of people get down on unions because they know people who work in unions. And like, you know, we we're talking about, oh, unions, you know, they you know, the negative aspects of them. Oh, they don't work as hard or they just fuck around and stuff. I think it's just jealousy because, I mean, the company I work for, we own a bunch of small companies. Well, I shouldn't say small. We own a bunch of big companies. And a couple of them are have a ton of union workers and stuff. And I know for a fact I would love to go work for one of them. They they all make better pay. They have better benefits. I mean, as a corporation, we have a set like benefits package across the company, but the two union companies we own, they both have better benefits than us because the yeah. unions have been able to get them. It's like, and people are like, "fuck," and they bitch and complain about it. Then every fucking one of them are like, I wish I, I wish I could fucking get over there. I wish I could get over there. It's like, yeah, no shit, asshole. Well, this is an
3: attitude I actually hate about people is that everything, especially for like business owners who don't think about this, they want to sell their product at like the highest possible cost possible. But they always want to buy all of their inputs at the lowest possible cost, right? Because that's the whole point, is your bottom line. And mm-hmm. That's how you do it. All your inputs are cheap. All of your output is just innumerably expensive. Yep. You can't do that, though. You have to spend money to make money in a lot of those instances because it relates to your uh, product quality. But I just think that's a funny attitude that we have that towards everything. Yep. Unless it directly relates to me, <laughs> I'm an idealist when it comes to, you know, That's why everybody is. or... You know, who fuck fill in the blank with whatever,
2: but you're talking about them putting more money into the product. I mean, think about even at the height of unions, um, Americans are only getting what I say 54% of the profit from a corporation. I mean, I granted, I know you got to put money back into the company to get it, you know, to keep it expanding for research and development, whatever. But I mean, 54% for your employees, I mean, that doesn't seem like that much of the profit margin. Now it's down, you know, 10, 12%. And you've seen the middle class falling. I mean, it doesn't seem like that much, like the profit share is only down that much, but it's made a huge impact on the middle class. I mean, the middle class is almost non-existent in the country now, you know, compared to what it was in the heyday back in the 50s and early 60s and stuff when it was really growing.
1: Yeah. And you're also seeing a, uh, a spike in uh, dual career households. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the mother and the father or the husband and wife. Uh, <laughs> that
2: is true working. yet.
1: And they have to because that's the only way that they can survive.
2: Hell yeah, my wife's working. Make her work. Speaking of wives, mine just walked through the door Mm -hmm. nonchalantly bringing me
3: new shoes and pants. (laughs) Okay. You guys can take that however the fuck you want.
1: Everybody needed to know
3: that. Leather chaps. (laughs)
1: What do you want from
3: me? Ask the (laughs)
1: chaps.
3: (laughs) That's not what's in there, right? Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) Anywho,
2: so (laughs) yeah, see, there's leather chaps in there for you. No, I for later tonight. I love twigs. I'll I'll give uh, Boggs a little shout here. It's their anniversary tonight. They're gonna go make sweet love wearing leather and ball gags some seedy hotel later tonight. So I want everybody listening to this to have that picture in their head.
1: And his wife's gonna use a strap on. No, yeah, it's gonna be hot. Because we all know that Boggs likes to.
2: Oh yes, he does. Anyways, you got anything else you want to add over there, Kristen? You've been sat idly by with your page of goodies. She's got all this information. Know, she's got like down. a
1: whole thing of notes and she hasn't said one word.
0: <laughs> you guys have, you know, been taking charge of the show, so I have to really our job. a moment.
2: We're fucking, we're supposed to do that.
0: Well, I just wanted to make the point that on average, women earn 77 cents for every dollar that a man earns.
2: Yep. And they earn every oh, okay. cent less that they make of it. That was is, wow. that, is that your whole page? I wanted to make okay. more, man, because my like we were talking about dual household income. My wife works. Actually, she already makes a lot more money than me. So Kristen, if she made more, to, she'd really rub it in my fucking you face. You want to clash cord to some of your info? You want to pull
3: out? No. You can just do like the the hardball fact raising. Just do it. <laughs> make it sexy though.
2: Uh, that shouldn't be hard.
3: So my wife came in took my credit card and left. (laughs) That was the whole endeavor. (laughs) Hey, here's some stuff. I'm taking your money. (laughs) Maybe they do earn more
4: than men.
0: (laughs) Okay. So the Equal Pay Act of 1963 initiated minimum wage and prohibition of sex discrimination.
3: Which still happens.
0: And then it was, I guess kind of revised a little bit in two thousand eleven. Yep. It was it was called the Fair Pay Act in two thousand eleven. Yeah,
2: that gave women the right to actually go back and sue their employers to get compensated for past money that they were screwed out, of, basically. I don't know how to put that in a different way. But
0: yeah, it marked the end of the extra period of time that a woman must work in order to earn what a man did the year before that.
2: So that was I think that and that was the first thing Obama signed. So he signed that great piece of legislation, downhill since then. <laughs> Damn. God damn you Obama I had so many big hopes for you you son of a bitch
0: There's also another typical one, politician Another one that I found kind of interesting the Employee Polygraph Protection Act of 1988 uh, it restricts employers from using a lie detector test for pre-screening or during the course of employment. And and supposedly every employer is supposed to have a poster of this in their workplace. Dude, i
2: got to ask my HR rep. If they don't, can I sue them? Because I need some money. I saw that on the thing. That's one of the things unions fought to get rid of, too. I just didn't put it on the list because I looked at am like, eh, no one fucking cares about that. I already had like 30 other things that I was going to mow through, so... Hey man, I don't know, I think that'd be awesome If I was an HR person, I'd love to get someone on a polygraph test I'd like to get Boggs on one See what kind of shit we can get out of him (laughs) That fucking leather chap shit ain't no joke
1: Move that needle
2: (laughs) shit (laughs) Fucking thing, would just go fucking all over the place It'd break that damn thing
3: What's that supposed to mean?
2: Hey, so have you ever been part of a gate, you know I already know, what do you mean what's it supposed to mean? You know Moving the needle all over the place You know, you know Pivot Man you know all about it. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody else got anything big to follow up on?
1: No, I don't really. I think uh covered it pretty well.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was going to bring up a little bit of the right-to-work stuff, but people kind of look in that. It. It's basically, like I said, it's just these governors are trying to instill right-to-work because it gives people, when they go into businesses with unions, it gives them the opportunity to not opt into the union and pay dues and stuff, but yet they would still reap all the benefits of the union employees and... I don't know. It's. I mean, there's more to it than that. That's a basic characteristic, but it's just another way, like I said, to kind of disband unions and take away their dues and all that stuff and blah, 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 and fucking you can look it up. It's there was some, <laughs> uh,
1: some really good news uh, regarding uh, CBAs this week. Oh, yeah. Hockey's back, bitches.
2: That's true, and I was gonna say that's another reason why people hate fucking unions. Because the only time anybody, unless you know someone in a union, and like I said, that, you're jealous the shit of them. Is whenever
1: the sports yeah. on strike,
2: <laughs> every time the goddamn <laughs> NFL or NHL or one of those teams go on strike, then everybody hates fucking unions. You know, that's what brings the unions down and puts a bad taste in everybody's mouth because no no shit about them until that. Like I said, there's only ten percent of the population even involved in unions right now thereabouts. So fucking NHL, those right. sons of bitches.
1: Uh, I'm glad they finally brought it back.
2: Yeah, we're going to watch the stars suck again this year. We're hey,
1: at a, least we get to see a uh, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, we'll get in to his see fucking 40s.
2: Half, a, half a season of Yarmir Yager <laughs> with his cane out there on the ice.
1: It's, He's got a duel. True. He's got the it's stick so and the cane. It's so true. damn it. <laughs>
3: so, yeah, the only other point I'll make about unions is uh, for, for those of you who would, would feel that, you know, they're more corrupt or less corrupt than a corporation would be, uh, if you actually sit down and define both of those entities. Think about it. What is a corporation? It is a group of people who come together and pool their resources to better their company and themselves. What is a union? It's a group of people who come together and pool their resources to better their company and themselves. What is the difference? One moves labor and one moves capital. Corporations, you know, moving their product Unions moving their labor. Yeah.
1: Corporations so, are always looking for the bottom line for their shareholders. And unions, unions are always looking for the, bottom, looking for their for their the bottom line for their
2: employees. Definitely. And that's what it comes down to. It's corporations versus unions. It's the top versus the bottom. And
1: let's face yeah. it. If corporations had their way, we would be making dog shit as far as pay. Yes. <laughs> we would have no benefits whatsoever. They don't,
2: no. they don't even want a minimum wage. They
1: don't give a shit about any of nope. that stuff. They don't, they, don't, want, a minimum they don't wage. want people to... Uh, they don't care about us. I now don't. I will say, All they care about is their bottom line.
2: There
3: is an educated reason why you wouldn't want to do those types of things because it does inhibit you from hitting market equilibriums because there's more barriers in your way. Like I said though, the attitude should be, who do you want to please? Do you want to please corporations that want to make a lot more profit, or do you want to please somebody that's helping workers? And you know that's this is the thing too that uh, you know you can have an opinion on that. But I'm I'm giving you exactly what would happen. Like if you want, if you feel that unions are corrupt and you want to change that, go for it. If you think that they shouldn't be there at all, I will tell you what will happen, and that is you will hit market equilibriums. And everyone's like, "Yeah, market equilibrium, woo! I'm gonna go buy a fucking taco." No,
1: <laughs> that's all you'll be, you'll able, be afford. able to afford a taco. Exactly, and that's <laughs> that's, that's all, that's all you'll be able to afford ramen noodles from here on. <sighs>
3: that's why, like, I don't mind you having opinions about whether or not they're corrupt, and mm-hmm. if you think that there's a lot of shit that needs to change, that's fine. I'm sure we can. We can definitely hash that out, but these are definitely things that, especially historically, we've needed in this country. With the way that a lot of workers have been treated, um, just go look at a history book. Oh yeah, from the like beginning 19- of the industrial revolution. Oh, God. Yeah. Holy shit! Do people like people were like sleeping like just you know? It'd be like your roommate. There was one mattress, and you would share the mattress. And well, that there
1: was, was actually arrangement, some corporations sick. that they made you buy. Like you would have to buy every. They would give you corporate dollars is what you got paid in, and you could only spend those corporate dollars at corporate stores. So your house or the apartment that you rented or whatever was corporate-owned. All the goods and everything else that you bought for your family were from a corporate store, and then you worked for the corporation. <laughs> it was like a giant machine that just like churned out money, just constant, constant money. Absolutely disgusting.
2: And like I said, I know we're... How is that different from slavery? That, but that's what it's it,
1: not. It gives you an illusion of freedom. But you know, you that's kind come of... come and go as you please. Like when
2: Eric was saying when they initially started union stuff, that was kind of like... I mean, think about it. We used to basically have indentured servants, which is basically what all workers wore to their, you know, their corporate slave, you know, holders, if you want to look at it that way. I mean, that's what we wore. That's why we work. you know, the average work hour well, was like 60 hours a week. kind of
1: corporate slave drivers. Yeah, we still are, but... I mean, at least there's to debt that we can't pay off
2: yeah but i mean at least you know like i said unions have given us some stuff i mean you've got overtime pay you've got sick time off you got holidays now you i mean there's a lot of things you know safety standards i found this i thought this was interesting In the most unionized states compared to the non-unionized states there's a 36 percent lower chance of uh dying on your job because of, I guess, you know, they fight so hard for safety yeah, standards safety and, and everything. everything yeah. 36% chance. So. Oh, I was going
3: to tell you all, too, about labor's uh, or unions like this. <laughs> you know what would be a really good You know how we've been in a recession for a while and we're kind of recovering now? You know what would push us past that real quick? Take away child labor laws. <laughs> yeah. But we would do it in a heartbeat.
2: Yeah. Let's put them back to work. I, could, <laughs> I, I need to put my fucking nine-year-old to work. He that needs to do better something. better for our society. <laughs> well <laughs> that seems like it's hey dude according everybody. according to that asshole on fox news we just need to start some sweatshops back up again yeah, for these low wage earners and and th- see
3: now you have a whole It'll new give them population a skill
2: set that they never had before give them some exactly. skill. <laughs> you have
3: a whole new population of like five to six to nine year olds that now have a job man that's great
1: all right i think it's time to call it yeah, yeah rem- fuck it yeah
2: remember to go on and vote for us for the shorty award even though we're not going to get it but vote for us anyway because you love us add us on to all the stuff Send um send more nude photos if you got them. Um, Boggs loves you all. He wants to tell you that. Love you guys. There you go.
1: All right, signing off. I'm Eric. I'm
4: Boggs.
2: And I'm Michael.